I'm giving you everything, all the joy it brings. Yes, I swear. And all that I promise you. Anything? That's not how it goes. Hit the floor when you see Rojo. Call you when you see Rojo. Hi. Hi, kids. Do you like violence? No, I'm joking. How's it going? It's a cough drop. I'm lying. It's not a cough drop. It's a ginger candy. My throat is a little itchy. So I'm eating this. And you're going to hear it a little wide. It might sound a little weird, but it'll be gone soon. This is episode 32. Episode 32. Wow. Got some topics as usual. Um, I'm talking about my boy Chris Brown. I'm going to talk about uh, this new Michael Jackson movie. I'm going to talk about the fuck-ass Chicago Police Department. Um, big fuck you to Miss Annie Dukin. D-O-O-K-A-H-N. And um, some other stuff, but... How's everybody doing, first off? Everybody good? Everybody feeling okay? Everybody healthy? This is like my first little element of the year. It actually has me a little nervous. Like, I don't know. I don't know where this came from. But... Probably need to get some soup. Bust out a little sweat. Bust a nice sweat. Mm. Get the body generating some heat. Burn up those toxins. That's usually the first thing I like to do when I feel myself feeling weird. I like to put on a bunch of clothes. Get a run in, you know, get a nice, nice thick sweat. Sweat thick? I don't know. That's weird. But, um, yeah, I'm trying to finish this so I won't be talking while I'm, like, sucking on it. Pause. Because I don't like when girls are talking when they try to suck on it. So why would I be trying to talk while I'm sucking on this candy? Right? Ain't that the golden rule? Do unto others as you want them to do unto you. So, ESPN has, like, started to suck a little bit in the last couple years. I don't know what, well, I know what happened with them and Bill Simmons and Grant Land, but that was kind of like the hottest shit that had happened to ESPN in a long time. My favorite ESPN shows. Um, highly questionable with Dan Levitard. 
Um, Ryan and uh, what is it? Rosillo and Cannell. How the fuck did Danny Cannell get his name on the show that fast? Ryan Rosillo was the best sidekick to Scott Van Pelt for years. And his name wasn't nowhere on it. Then he finally gets his own show. And then they throw Danny Cannell in there with him. Because Danny Cannell's show was horrible. The show with him and the black dude. The black dude was... He was kind of funny, I guess. What's his name? Um, Reese Waters. It was okay. But I don't really like... Uh, uh, Cannell. Whatever his, fuck is, whatever his first name is. So... I used to fuck with Scott Van Pelt. I like Dan Lebitard. It's highly questionable. Shout out to Poppy. Oh, it's the Rojo Show. Hey. I like when he be on there rapping. Um, he was on there with Bun B the other day. Or like last week or something. Um, and then I got the block. So the block is... Um, it's like highly questionable, around the horn, and then PTI. My favorite part of PTI was the errors with Tony Reale right before they do the big finish. And that's what we're going to do now. We got some errors from the last couple Rojo shows that I'd like to go over, clarify, communicate properly. Um, these errors were brought to my attention uh, by various people, not myself, um, my mom, E, um, Bradley, other listeners that um, that feel comfortable, or in some cases too comfortable, giving me feedback and uh, and quote unquote notes. So just a couple, real quick. Um, First off, I didn't mention Claire Huxtable as one of the hot TV moms. Now, that is totally my fault because uh, Claire Huxtable was like super bad all the way up until like, what is it, like season six? Season six, she started to kind of let go a little bit. But when she had that broke foot and she, she came down in that outfit and pulled that on. Um, Pulled that, uh, see, this is why I was waiting, because there's all this noise out in the alley. She pulled that paper bag off the shoe. She was looking good, okay? All them little shots when she used to, they used to, uh, start the show with her in the bed. Before I knew that they were using that as a tactic to hide her being pregnant. A little note, if you didn't know that, uh, when you're watching the, uh, the Cosby show, if you're still watching it, you know, you may be on that whole Bill Cosby's a rapist bandwagon, which we'll get to later. Um, you might not, you might be like protesting it or whatever. But if you're still checking out the show because you're a real nigga, um, a lot of the shows where Claire is like in the bed the whole episode or quote unquote sick or she's in the kitchen, she's like sitting behind the table the whole time. A lot of those were tactics used to hide her pregnancy because Ahmad Rashad was knocking it out. Um, so Claire Huxable, definitely bad cooks, had dough, 
spoke multiple languages, stayed in shape at least those first couple seasons. Oh, that episode when she was speaking Spanish to uh, to Cliff's friend, and his friend ended up singing that song to her. Oof. Oof. All I want is a woman to speak to me in different languages. I want to, of course she did. I was going to say, I wonder if she talked dirty to Cliff in Spanish. Of course she did. Let's keep it 1,000 right now, okay? Especially now that we know that Dr. Huxtable was a freak. Like, come on, man. Come on. Um, also, Mrs. Matthews from Boy Meets World, she could have got some casual D, right? Right? Who's going to dispute that? You know? She had to get hot because after a while, Topanga got hot. And if you listen, I have seen a couple episodes of that uh, Girl Meets World, you know, like the spinoff of Boy Meets World. Topanga still got it, my G. Still got it. She's still on her list somewhere. Because, I mean, she had she had huge boobs like when the show was still on. Like I noticed it the same time that Corey noticed it when he came when she came back from uh wherever she was that summer with her family probably like staying on an Indian reservation or some shit you know how she got down um what else we got Bernie Mac's wife was hot but you know I don't think Bernie Mac was gonna have that either way and Bernie Mac's wife was also remember the gold digging friend from the Jamie Foxx show. Got it. She dated Jamie for like a hot second, but her stick on the show, her stick, stick, her stick on the show was that she was a gold digger and only messed with rich dudes. So, um, so that was like that. That's probably how I can remind people of her. She was Fancy's friend, and she always was bragging about juicing, you know, somebody from the Lakers or. Some basketball player, some nigga with a Range Rover. Um, but she started to get fat at the end, too. Um, probably just in time for Bernie to get sick and, and pass on. Tisha Campbell Martin from um, from My Wife and Kids. She was, like, super funny, right? Super funny. Physical comedy in certain episodes, really good. But... I couldn't get into her on there knowing that she was Gina and knowing that she ruined the Martin show. It was just like, yo, like she's she's that's Gina. She she's okay. Like if I was if I was dating her daughter and I came in and I saw her mom, I was like in certain seasons, because certain seasons like Tisha Campbell got that uh, that yo yo thing, you know, like sometimes she'll be looking real good and I wait will be okay, You know what I'm saying? And some episodes She'd be like, uh, she'd be bigger. I don't know. I always feel, I don't feel weird talking about weight, but I know I have female listeners that are like, oh, Rojo's fat shaming. Not really. I mean, I've talked about this before. Like, come on, man. Like, everybody should be way more health conscious now. Like, I hate those pictures on Facebook that people post. And it's like, you know, is she thick or fat? Would you would you wife this BBW? Like, maybe, but the relationship automatically has a cap on it because she's not taking care of her body. She can't stick around long. 
She just is is just a scientific fact. Like you can't ask me to act like I don't know that people that are overweight um don't live as long. Is this is proven? It's science, baby. So like, you know, she might be cute, but and she might be cute and the way she the way her body handles weight may end up with her having like some huge ass, but like what does her heart look like? Is her heart like covered in 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 um in excess fat? Is is like are her um are her arteries clogged cuz she likes butter and mayonnaise too much? Like I'm just saying, like at some point you got to stop living for yourself and you got to live for the people around you, your kids, your family. Um and all that, you know, I'm gonna be me shit is cute, but I don't know, you're going to be you dead at some point. Just just keeping it 1000. Like not trying to make nobody feel no kind of way or nothing. I'm just saying like it's just just is what it is. So like yeah, Tisha Campbell Martin was hot in like certain seasons. Like you could tell when she was like on the diet and when she wasn't. But again, like if you saw her in Martin, you can't accept none of that. None of that. Like that's not even get to house party. Oh, when she was at house party, she had on them little gold pants and the, the crop top and the vest. And they get to dancing. She got the little sweat on her back. She got the little sweat on her back, my nigga. All my pervs is pee. All my pervs. <laughs> All my slightly creepy homies. Is, well, she had that sweat on her back, my nigga. She had that sweat on her back, my chick. <laughs> Bro, I need to watch that movie <laughs> But see, you can't, if you look at, uh, what was her friend name? AJ, AJ Johnson or whatever. Still bad. Still bad. Baby boy, uh, uh, baby boy. What was his name? What was Tyrese's name in baby boy? I don't know, but she was still bad in there. Still bad. Inkwell, still bad. Yes, that's her in Inkwell. Still bad. AJ Johnson. Pretty sure that's her name. Let's Google this. AJ Johnson from the Inkwell. Ew. AJ. Yeah. 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 There she go. Ooh. Hurt me. Hurt me. <laughs> what is that from? <laughs> Adrian Joy Johnson is her name. She's 53. Uh-oh, from Orange, New Jersey. No, she a G. No, she a rider. Yes. Still looking good. Don't let my friends, don't let her be none of my friends, mama. I'm spending the night every night. Miss Johnson, can I have a hug, please? Miss Johnson. Miss Johnson, can I have a hug? Miss Johnson, can I spend the night? Thank you, Miss Johnson. Thank you. Hell yeah. Mm, she need to be on a TV show with somebody. Six packing? I don't need her to be that healthy because you know, I'm I'm nowhere near that healthy. But you know, I want to be able to look at you randomly walking through the house and still get that mm, get a little, you know, just a little halfy. Just a halfy, you know. I think that's what men want. Men want to casually see their wives walking through the house and just get a little halfy, you know, while they getting dressed. Mm, see a little boobage. Mm, halfy. 
That's what you want. You want consistent halfies from your wife just walking around. Who else? Oh, okay. Um, other uh, corrections. Me and Gus, shouts out to Gus. Again, excellent episode. Going to have him back soon. Um, me and Gus went on a whole rant and a whole, a whole segment talking about uh, the movie Heat, which if you haven't seen is the best... Uh, it's a really, it's a really, really good movie. Heat is a really good movie. I would put Heat in my top. Mm, mm. Heat could be in my. Could it be in my top ten? Heat could be in my top ten movies. Yeah, I, I think so. Top ten. Never hold on to anything that you can't let leave behind in thirty seconds when the heat is around the corner. He's a good movie. You know, there's another side to that coin. There's a flip side to that coin. That diner scene. Eesh. I still haven't. I got to buy it so I can watch it like in line with uh, Dark Knight. But anyway, um, Michael Bay did not direct that movie. Michael Mann, M-A-N-N, directed and wrote that movie. If you don't know who Michael Mann is... Michael Mann directed such classics as Collateral with Tom Cruise. He directed that um, that Miami Vice with uh, with Colin Farrell and Jamie Foxx. Um, he did Public Enemies with Johnny Depp. He did The Insider with um, who's my man? Uh, Russell Crowe, and he did Last of the Mohicans, he did Hancock, he did Ali, he did The Aviator, which is like, I can't watch The Aviator too many, like, when I watch movies, I watch them like over and over and over again, Um, but that was before I had my HDMI cord and the explosion of Netflix. But I probably would still watch them. I still, I mean, it's just like binging on a show, I think. But um, if I watch The Aviator too much, I like start acting weird. and I don't know. It gets, it gets weird. I don't start peeing in glasses and lining them up around my house, though. Um, and he did Ali, which was an okay movie. Um, oh, and he did Badass, the story of... Um, what the fuck was his name? Um, Mario Van Peebles' father. It, it Badass is the movie that Mario Van Peebles made about his father, Melvin Van Peebles, making the movie Sweetback's Badass Song, which is like one of the... Um, one of the pro- probably one of the most slept on black exploitation films. Like when people think about black exploitation films, the two that they automatically think about is Superfly, um, The Mac, um, of course Shaft. But they don't think about uh, Sweetback's bad, uh, Sweetback, Sweet Sweetback's badass song. They don't think about. Um, Oh, what's the one my mom put me on the other day? Well, not the other day. It was like a couple months ago with Glenn Thurman, where he is Glenn Thurman and Lou Gossett Jr. 
Glenn Thurman and Lewis Gossett were in the movie JD's Revenge. Somehow he gets, uh, somehow Glenn Thurman gets possessed by a pimp's, um, a pimp spirit. And all hell ensues. (laughs) It's pretty funny. It's actually kind of a far out concept for what you would consider black exploitation film. But good movie. Check it out if you get the chance. Anyway, Michael Mann wrote Heat, not Michael Bay. Um, Speaking of Colin Farrell and Jamie Foxx, that um, that Miami Vice reboot wasn't terrible. I thought it was pretty good, especially if you in it for the action. Like some niggas definitely get their heads blown off. Um, the scene in the trailer is pretty intense. What you will do? What you will do? It gets intense. That's all I could tell you without telling you what happens. But um, Colin Farrell does this weird. I didn't watch a lot of Miami Vice. I, I didn't watch. I didn't watch any Miami Vice. But um, the movie made me want to know what Crockett and Tubbs was really on. Because, um, I don't know, the movie was pretty cool. It was in Miami. Um, it shows a gloomy Miami more so than this, like, sunny, tropical paradise that everybody, t- that, you know, the Will Smith video portrays. Party in the city where the heat is on all night on the beach to the break of dawn. I'm going to Miami. In Benivo, Miami, Miami. Um... But yeah, it was, I mean, it's typical Michael Mann, you know, that kind of um, steady cam, um, live action kind of look. But yeah, not Michael Bay, Michael Mann. Um, and everybody hates on Colin Farrell. I mean, I hate him in the obvious movies. Like, I mean, I guess I hated everything about Daredevil, and he was. Just a little over the top at that. But um he was good in a recruit. Um he was good in Miami Vice. What other Colin Farrell movies do I fuck with? Um All the movies I see him in, he's kinda hiding his accent. There was something I feel like I just saw him in that I was fucking with pretty hard. Colin Farrell movies. Total recall. Like I told Gus, am I going to say that it was better than um, the first Total Recall? No, because that Total Recall was, it was groundbreaking for so many reasons. Like the technology, it was kind of ahead of its time then. As again, with the sweat, we talked about TJ Campbell Martin with the sweaty back. And now we could talk about, um, I can't remember, Michelle Pfeiffer. I think that was Michelle Pfeiffer with the sweaty boobs, like the fake sweaty boobs in the workout outfit. Oh, my God. Um, the recruit, Minority, he was good in Minority Report. Minority Report is an ill-ass movie. Easily one of, Minority Report is probably one of my top five science fiction movies. If you break it down like that, he's def, it's definitely in my top five science fiction. Um, he's done a lot of movies. Jesus. And I guess he was a part of that whole The Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. I need to watch that at some point just to know how they tried to get that whole Colin Farrell being, uh, not Colin Farrell, Heath Ledger being dead thing. 
Because remember, he was like, he did half the movie, and then like they had all these other actors come in and try to like finish pieces for him. Um, the New World, that is actually a trailer on a movie that I watch a lot. I can't think of which one it is, though. SWAT, he was good in SWAT. I guess all the women remember SWAT as the movie that LL Cool J was buffing shit in and took his shirt off. That was like the second LL Cool J. I, I, think, I think they switched him. Um, I think the real LL Cool J died a long time ago. But uh, Minority Report was ill, especially for it being 2002. Come on, my nigga. Um, the Recruit was ill. Miami Vice was ill. Didn't see all the phone booth. Alexander. Alexander was probably one of the most disappointing period films I'd ever seen. Um, pluses are that um, Rosario Dawson shows like full bush in there. Which is awesome, you know. I don't, I don't prefer a lot of bush in my personal life. I actually like, you know, a little landing strip, you know, just something that shows, you know. I mean, it's cool sometimes, you know. It's cool like when a woman first comes out of hibernation, like in like February, March, you know, before like real summer hits, February, March, you know, like right after winter, bush can be very, very attractive. But then it gets kind of old. You know, you want to see a little, you want to see that it's, you know, it's kept a little bit. You know that there's some maintenance going on there. Nice little landing strip. I'm not asking for you to go all the way back to when you were 12 and just have it bare. But, you know, just a little maintenance, you know. Um, Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx does a lot of movies, too. But a lot of his movies were bullshit. Like, what's a Jamie Foxx movie that I really enjoyed? I really enjoy Ray. Like, I'll watch Ray while I'm making, uh, like, while I'm making beats type of shit. Um, excuse me. Um, Any Given Sunday is hot. That's like young Jamie Foxx, though. Django was good, of course. Um, although they tried to trick us thinking that Django, thinking that he was, like, the main character. But when it came down to the Oscars, he would have only been a, he only qualified to be a supporting actor. The Kingdom is a movie that E has long told me I need to see because I guess there's like a chase scene in there where they're like doing some tactical driving in a truck, in trucks, like in SUVs. And um, I'm real into like driving like a maniac, tactical driving, you know, um, the soloist. I saw it. I didn't it didn't like strike a chord with me. He was also in Ali. So he has a lot of he's done a lot of work with a. Uh, He's done a lot of work with Michael Mann. He's done Ali. He's done Miami Vice. He's done The Kingdom. He's done Collateral. Um, Bait wasn't bad. Jarhead was good. Jarhead was real good. I mean, obviously, again, that's another movie where he's like just an add-on. I mean, he's funny as uh, Motherfucker Jones. He was in Toys? I didn't know that. They might be confusing him with LL Cool J because they they fought or whatever. That was funny when him and LL Cool J was beefing and he did the comedy thing about how LL Cool J was on the set of any given Sunday running real laps like he was in the combine. Uh, I just saw LL Cool J on an episode of House. 
I'm watching, I'm rewatching House on Netflix. It's a little annoying. Like, you can't watch that for the same reason you watch other doctor shows because it's not about saving the patient. It's all about House being a dick. And then if you watch five shows, you know the the chemistry for the shows already. Like, you know how it's made up. Patient comes in sick. All the treatments they run don't work until the last five minutes. Like, nobody in that show gets gets uh, fixed or gets cured from the first thing. It's always like, that doesn't work, house. And then they get worse, and then they get better, and then they get worse, and then they get worse, and then they get cured. Um, okay, and then my mom brought this one up. Last week, I talked about the water situation. I talked about a lot of bullshit that's going on in Michigan. But Flint... Is the place with the fu- is the city with the fucked up water, Flint, Michigan, not Detroit. Detroit is the spot with the fucked up schools. Okay, don't confuse the um the bullshit. Okay, there's bullshit all over Michigan, but we have to separate the the grievances. Okay, Flint is the one with the dirty water, and Detroit is the one with the mold growing in the schools. So does that mean that Flint schools are okay and Detroit's water is fine? Do they need to, like, switch out? Like, hey, you guys come take a little shitty school and we'll take some clean water and we'll do this for about a year. I heard, I read that, um, so if you have a house in Flint and you've got that dirty water, you can't move because it's illegal to sell a house with uh, with like water issues or like so I guess I guess the issue with the water is lead there's like lead and iron in the water and apparently you can't sell a house if it has lead or iron issues <laughs> so you're just stuck in that bitch it's it's not I'm laughing but it's not funny it's obviously not funny um I should have said um. You know, Detroit native Big Sean donated $10,000 to the Water for Flint uh, fund or foundation or whatever it's called. Now, if you know anything about Big Sean, all he really raps about is growing up and leaving Detroit and all the money and bitches he fucks. All the money he got. Oh, I'm balling, I'm balling, I'm balling. You balling, my G, from what you tell us. But your city is in dire straits. You're, you're, you're I mean, if, you, if you're from, listen, if you're from Michigan, Detroit, if you're from Detroit, like, you're from all of, you're from Michigan. You feel what I'm saying? Like, it's almost like, well, I guess, I guess it's not like Chicago where there could be multiple mid-level to large cities inside of your state besides Chicago, like besides the big major one? Like what's a big city? Like what's another big spot in Michigan besides Detroit? Like East Lansing because the school's there. Ann Arbor because the school's there. Um, I, I want to say Auburn Hills, but that's only because I know that that's where the stadium is, but I know that really doesn't mean anything. But if you're from Detroit, I mean, you rep Michigan. Like, Michigan reps you. So, him giving $10,000, and then you see a nigga like the game coming out of nowhere, 
He's from the other side of the country. He gives five hundred thou. I'm just saying, it's uh, it looks bad, my G. It looks bad. And of course, you know, you got the you got the dick suckers who come up. He didn't have to give nothing. And it's always women that do that shit. Men help hold account hold men accountable for shit on a different way than women do. You know, women are always women's responses to men complaining about other men are, well, what are you doing? You ain't doing nothing, so why are you talking about what he doing? Or, um, you know, he didn't have to do nothing, you know, be happy that he did everything. Those are like female excuses. Men know that, my G, you, you, you tout yourself as more than that. So when it comes down to brass tacks, you should be held accountable for more than that, right? Like, for instance, if we compared Big Sean to other rappers from Detroit, right? So you got Big Sean... Let's say you got uh, Black Milk. Let's say you got Royce the Five Nine. Um, rappers from Michigan, yeah. Eminem. Eminem teamed up with uh, you know you got Danny Brown, Exhibit, Ob Trice. Um, all the cats from, you know, all the cats that came up with Dilla. So you got House Shoes. You got um, you got a bunch of people. Uh, nigga, shut up. Um, he is amongst the more money makers. Like, I know, I know Eminem went in with some people and gave a million dollars. Um, which is a big move. Like, I don't want to be all in Eminem's pocket. I'm pretty sure he could have gave a million dollars on his own. But that's fine. If you want to go in with some other people and make it seem like, you know, four or five of y'all, maybe all of y'all put in, you know, 20, 20, you know, 200 grand. Um, but for for your main, for the bulk of your lyrics and your personality to be the amount of money and flashy shit you wear and buy, when it comes down to like a real issue that affects people's lives and affects people's um, ability to live what could be described as a normal life, and all you got is ten grand, my G, it's fucked up. I mean, being from Chicago, I I have like some at least some kind of like Midwest um, loyalty. I mean, if I was if I was ball, let's say I was balling and I was making. Millions of dollars a year. I mean, if I was making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, I could give 10 grand. And he's making more than that, I think, unless he's just fronting, in which case you should be realer, my G. Hmm. What do you think about that? But yeah, the dirty water is in Flint. And the schools where teach with the black mold and the backed up plumbing and the ancient computer systems, those are in Detroit, just to clarify um, the uh, post-apocalyptic states that these cities are in. Moving on. Um, so I was listening to a Chris Brown song the other day. This new, um, just let me ride Oh. Sex you back to sleep, babe. 
I actually kind of like that jam. You know, I like the whole premise of the song. You know, who doesn't? Who, what guy doesn't want to come home from a night of drinking and looking at women that um, you can't put your penis in? What guy doesn't want to make that phone call to their lady and they actually do wake up, answer and wake up, and then you go home and you get a little, you know, you know, you get a little, get a little action, get a little action after you've been in the club building up with halfies. You're in the club just watching booty go by, just like, oof, can't touch that, do, 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 can't touch that, do, 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 do. Just watching them. Mm, they out there nice, too. Got the sweat on their backs. And you you hit that call. You make that call, you know, and she ready for you. Whew, it's great. But then I heard the unedited version. And it actually says, fuck you back to sleep. Really, my G? Like sex you number one, sex you back to sleep. Just just on the virtue of sex and sleep, both be, both beginning with S, it just sounds better. Sex you back to sleep, babe. Like it's already on your tongue. Just let me ride. Sex you back to sleep. Sex you back to sleep. See how it, it just sounds good. It 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 you know your ear gets it makes your ear pussy wet. Sex you back to sleep. Fuck you back to sleep just sounds aggressive for no reason. Now I know I know that there are bitches out there that like to be that when they think of sex, they want it to be this like super aggressive choke me. Oh, I want a real nigga that's gonna fuck that pussy. There are easily women out there that are way more aggressive towards sex than men are. Men almost expect women to want it to be a soft and lovey kind of affair and there are men listen no man is ignorant to the fact that sometimes a woman wants to feel the your aggression that that makes that you know makes their pussy pussy wet you know i have this whole thing about uh men and women having metaphorical pussies and dicks you know like um what's a good example um, like I always talk about how my mom <laughs> shouts out the party girl mom. <laughs> my mom likes her dick sucked right away. So like if she does something nice, she wants a thank you. Oh, mom, thank you so much. That was so amazing. Ah, I just really want to let you know that I appreciate this. This uh like today. Today I have to go downtown to the Daily Center to get some shit printed out. And my mom is going to let me use her venture card. And she probably put, you know, five or ten dollars on there, you know, just to make sure that I don't get if, you know, assuming that I only have to take one bus, uh, a bus there and a bus back or a train there and a train back. She's going to make sure that there is more than enough money on there. So, that I, you know, whatever, whatever. She knows I'm not going to get turned around. But let's let's say the this should be like a five dollar trip on the venture card. She'll put ten dollars on there now. When I go to get that card from her, she's going to put it on my, in my hand. She wants her dick sucked right away. I take the card from her. Mom, thank you so much for putting money on here and letting me use your venture card. 
I so appreciate it. I love the way you look out for me. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. And a big, tight hug. That is her getting her dick sucked right away. What I can't do is take it and, like, change my clothes. Because before I get my shirt out of my sweatshirt, she'll be breathing hard. She'll be walking through with an attitude. Y'all don't appreciate me. Mm-hmm. Never again. Don't, don't, don't ask me for shit else. I didn't suck her dick fast enough. So that is an, 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 a, 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 uh, an example of a metaphorical dick. Um, I would say that um, when I go to Potbelly's, right, I order the same thing from Potbelly's. And it's, it's a little weird, but it's not, it's, not, it's not anything like. So when I go to Potbelly's, I get a chicken salad sandwich. With lettuce, tomato, pickle, and uh, mustard, lettuce, tomato, pickle, and cranberries. What makes my <laughs> what makes my sandwich <laughs> what makes my my food pussy wet <laughs> is if a girl knows my order and knows that I want a cookie. Whew. Hey, I'm gonna stop by Potbelly's. Do you want something? Uh, yeah. Um, chicken salad on wheat. Lettuce, tomato, pickle, cranberry. That right there will make my food pussy wet. Just wet. <laughs> Do you want a cookie? Are you like are you like dieting? Do you want a cookie right now? Yes, I want a cookie. Oatmeal chocolate chip. Kill yourself. If you haven't had a pot bellies cookie, number one, slap the shit out of yourself. And number two, go get you one. Cause that oatmeal chocolate chip cookie boy. Maybe I'll have pot bellies when I get off the fast. People have asked me <laughs> if pot bellies would be my last meal if I was getting executed. Possibly. Possibly. The thing that sucks about pot bellies is that, you know, you go to these ones in the hood, like the one, well, Hyde Park ain't really the hood, but a lot of niggas, a lot of hood niggas work there. Actually, hood niggas work at like all the pot bellies now, period. Maybe like except the one in the Nordstrom's building, but Potbelly's, Chipotle. I do not want a hookup. Okay, I want a little bit more. I want a little bit extra meat. If you're at Chipotle, but please, 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 my nigga, don't hook me up. Okay, because you're just ruining it. When I want my Potbelly sandwich, don't think you're doing me a favor. Putting a fistful of cranberries on there. Don't think you're doing me a favor, you know, putting extra meat and all this shit. I, w- I just want a little extra. Like, I don't want to, I don't want double. Because then I got a soggy ass sandwich. If I'm at Chipotle, I don't want double anything. Because then I got a soggy ass burrito bowl. Or I got a soggy ass hard shell taco. Like, these are restaurants where the hookup kind of fucks you in the ass. You don't want it. But, um, yeah, if you order that sandwich, bring a nigga a cookie, whew, a Sobe green tea, that makes my, my food pussy wet. So that's the whole, that's the whole um, metaphorical dick and pussy thing. But, um, yeah, man, Chris Brown, we know you tough, my G, okay? You know, we know you slap bitches. We know you, uh, you're open to alter- physical altercations in clubs, um, uh, 
albeit against other light skin rappers or whatever. Um, you got both nostrils pierced, which, I mean, if there was a question if you could pull off one, you definitely hit him with the double. You got tattoos all over. Although, that new jet tattoo he's got, like, under his titties, it's like a jet in 3D, like it's flying at you. That shit is kind of rough. But you can make the song Sex You Back to Sleep, y'all. You don't have to. We know that you fucking, okay? You don't have to make the song Fuck You Back to Sleep. We know you fucking, all right? You can just sex her back to sleep, my G. You can just sex her. It's not even like you fucking with these big bitches that you'd really have to fuck. Like, Karuchi, I don't know how much you could really be hardcore fucking her. Like, she's she's got a little body, little frame. She ain't got no big hips, really. You know what I'm saying? It's not like you really, like, gripping to, like, I don't know if you really got to arch your back for Karuchi. All my real niggas know what I'm talking about. When you got to, like, hunch, when you got to hunch to get under, but you still got to stay over it, you get... Ugh. I don't know if you got to do that for Karuchi. Karuchi looks like, she looks like cardio. You know, like, she doesn't have to touch the bed. You know, you could be doing nigga squats. Rihanna, now Rihanna's a little crazy. So you may have to, you may have to give her the ghost right there, boy. You may have to hunch and kind of be on your, that one, like one foot is planted on the ground firmly. But that other foot got that weird, like, like that sprinter, it's <laughs> got that sprinter pose. Like you finna run up in it. Like Rrr! Rihanna's a little crazy. You might have to fuck her back to sleep, maybe. But Karuchi, nah, bro. You gonna kill her. Moving on. Um, yes. Uh, Joseph Fiennes is gonna play Michael Jackson in a movie. The only movie I really know Joseph Fiennes from is. Um, is Shakespeare in Love, but he's got. I mean, he's in this. He's in a new. Um, and I guess he was on American Horror Story. He was in that Hercules movie with The Rock. And I guess he's gonna be in one of these. I guess there's a movie coming out called Risen, that uh, it explores the. It explores the resurrection of Jesus from the eye. He's gonna play a um he's gonna play like a Roman guard. So I really think that this is just leading him up to this. Or like, you know, putting his name back in the news for this reason, because this movie's about to come out. But um I mean, just tell me a black actor that could play Michael Jackson at this point. Like this is this is obviously after Michael Jackson, like became whiter than most white people, you know, because of his, you know, his uh, lifelong bout with vitiligo, right? Not to be confused with re-vitiligo, which is what Uncle Ruckus has. But, um, I mean, I don't, I know people are bringing up this Oprah interview where he says he doesn't want to be played by a white actor, but my nigga, you should have thought about that before your skin became white. I mean... Am, is it offensive somewhat? I don't know. When I heard about it, I wasn't like automatically offended. Like I was just like, well, I mean, 
what black actor can play him at that point in his life? Um, Jesse Williams III. Um, Mike Bibby. Can you even Google light-skinned black actors? See, Jesse Williams III is the first one that comes up. Omari Chadwick is not light-skinned. Let's just, let's just stop fucking playing, okay? Um, best light-skinned celebrities. What the fuck does that mean? Oh, 10 black celebs who pass for white. Let's look at that. So the dude from Prison Break. Okay, that's a good one. Baruch, not right now, bro. Um, the dude from Prison Break, but he can't play Michael Jackson. Um, and then a lot of these are women. Like these aren't a lot of guys. Like they got Rashida Jones on here. They got um Maya Rudolph, who isn't a isn't really an awesome actress to me. I mean, she's a comedian for sure. Oh, shit. Jennifer Beals from Flashdance. That's right. She's got black dad. Better recognize. Um, Some chick from Pretty Little Liars. Sheezy probably knows about her. And um, Soledad O'Brien. Again, these are all women. So, yeah, there's not a lot of black guys that can play Michael Jackson right now. He kind of has put himself in a position where, I mean, you, it's a white thing now, bro. Sorry. Sorry, I'm not sorry. I think I think Joseph Fiennes might do an okay job. I mean, the, the premise of the movie sounds stupid anyway. Supposedly, supposedly Marlon Brando, Michael Jackson, and Elizabeth Taylor were all scheduled to uh, fly from New York to LA on 9-11 and then after the terrorist attacks of course all flights were shut down but they still had to get back to LA so apparently they rented a car and like drove from New York to LA I mean I don't the premise of the movie sounds kind of stupid I mean who wants to do you really want to see a road trip with Michael Jackson fat ass Marlon Brando and a crazy Elizabeth Taylor at that point I don't, it, it doesn't really interest me. I mean, it's a BBC uh, television movie, so I don't know how how big the uh, how great the expectations for it are, but mm, it doesn't it doesn't readily it doesn't automatically tickle my fancy. But yeah, I mean the the Gerard Butler Egypt thing is way more offensive and way more of an issue to get upset about in my eyes than. Joseph Fiennes playing a, at that point, white Michael Jackson. What are you going to do? Um, fuck the police coming straight from the underground. Apparently, the Chicago Police Department... I want. I mean, of course, the article kind of softens it. It says they're they're tampering with their dash cams. They're not tampering with them, my G. They are knowingly 
disabling the sound and the audio so that people can't hear what's going on with the dash cams. So we couldn't hear, um, so we couldn't hear, uh, what was the fucking dude's name? The officer that, Darren Wilson. So we couldn't see, so we couldn't hear Darren Wilson shoot Laquan McDonald 16 times. Um, so we can't hear the antagonist conversations, the disrespect, the verbal disrespect shown um, through traffic stops and through altercations with um, civilians so that all we can see is a seemingly um, innocent officer reacting to what has become a agitated civilian because they've walked up to the car and said license and registration please put your hands on the on the wheel please sir thank you license and registration could you hurry up please thank you nigger i don't know if they really talk like that um i've definitely been disrespect i've i've definitely been talked to police in a way that was less than uh respectful and what can you do Especially now where it's, I mean, it's basically common knowledge that if they don't like what you're doing or how you're responding to what they're telling you to do, they can fucking kill you. And there's nothing you can do about it. They will get away with it. They may get arrested. Uh, I mean, they, they may get brought up on some charges, but they're going to get away with it. They, they're going to get paid suspension, you know. Um, and unless you have some kind of like hard evidence and you got people that are going to protest if something happens to you, nothing happens. They'd be right back on the job. So apparently, um, 1800 police logs, 1800 accounts of police logging damage specifically to the microphones and audio elements of their cameras. And we saw, I mean, if you see the Sandra Bland tape, um, you can turn your car so that, or you can turn your car or you can bring the civilian or the person you've pulled over, you can bring them out of sight of the camera. I have no doubt that these police officers know exactly when they're out of sight, out of the line of sight of those cameras. You can't tell me they don't. If they know how to break the the uh, the microphones and know, first off, a phrase that I read in the article was that uh, Darren Wilson failed to sync his camera and audio. Now I kind of addressed this when I had um, when I talked about the interview I watched with um, officer retired uh, police officer. I can't remember his first name. Last name was definitely Castaneda though. Um, officers volunteer to get those. They're not given to to the problem officers. They're not given to the officers who have um, numerous complaints on their record, who have a a reputation for being um, aggressive and violent towards civilians. They give them to whoever wants them, and that's bullshit. They should be bugged. They should be, you know, they should have a uh, wire. Their, their car should be tapped. 
they should all they, they shouldn't have control over or shouldn't be trusted to set up their own surveillance. Who the fuck does that? Where in the world does that make sense? I want to keep tabs on what you're doing. So I want you to set up surveillance on yourself. That doesn't even make sense. I mean, if that's why when you put people when people get put on um when people get put on house arrest, they have to give you an anklet because they're not going to they're not going to leave it to you to keep yourself in the house because you're going to do what you want. Just like police are going to do what they want. They can't be trusted to surveil or police themselves. That makes no sense. Uh, claims of a hardware failure. You know, I read through the log and it was all like it was all very convenient police jargon. Um, I'm trying to look it up so I can give you an example, but it was, it was very like, I know how to write this up. So it comes across like some bullshit, you know, um, HD was full swapped out for HD and reformatted the drive system now appears to be fully functional. Um, closed, uploaded video, HD was full, swapped out, system now appears to be fully functional. Hardware failure, bad mobile HD, HD was swapped, system now appears to be fully functional. So that's just like some, that sounds like, like I said, like some police jargon, like some shit that they can put in a, in a report that their bosses aren't necessarily going to challenge but if it still work, if it's still broken or if something is still wrong with it, they can say, well, at the time it appeared to be fully functional. No, fuck that shit. Fuck that. We need we need some tests and we need it to be system is fully functional. So if anything, any fuck shit goes on, if there are any more malfunctions, it is the work and it was the aim of the officers to do such things. Yeah, man, all this system appears to be fully functional. Hardware failure, uh, HD swapped out, now appears fully functional. That's bullshit. So if you take that, right, and also there's audio of, um, there's audio of the dispatcher telling the officers, apparently there were eight police officers that showed up to the scene when Laquan McDonald um, eventually and unfortunately got shot and killed. Eight officers there. The dispatch person, the dispatcher um, is told that, let me see if I can read it. Recently released radio logs also debunked the idea that McDonald was an immediate threat. One officer says over the radio that the teen was walking away with a knife and a dispatcher handling the incident suggested using a taser, a, a taser, sorry, not a gun to handle the teen. Anybody have a taser to help out? Dispatch asks. Looking for a taser for armed offender. There were eight officers there. Not one of them was equipped with a taser. You know why? You know why? Because tasers safely debilitate um, threats. And that's not what they were trying to do. 
the police aren't looking to safely do shit, okay? They're looking to kill niggas. And when I say niggas, I mean minorities. People who they deem are out of bounds and at that point are not following their authority, therefore need to die. Because as I spoke about in, in other podcasts, all that, that whole mythology of police, you know, he's got a gun, shoot him in the shoulder. He's got a gun, shoot him in the leg. They're not even trained to use them guns that well. They, they all aren't sharpshooters. You got to score 70% on that test, which really just shows that you can shoot in the middle of somebody's chest. You're not asked to shoot somebody in the arm. You're not asked to shoot somebody in the foot. You got tasers. Honestly, I'd be looking, if I was a police officer, I'd have way more complaints of me tasing niggas just out of nowhere. I'd have three or four tasers on me at all times. I want to see niggas shake. Have you ever seen somebody get tased? I think it looks funny. It doesn't look fun. But, uh. I, I when they get hit and like they body do that initial shake, that initial jerk, and then like fall stiff. People getting tased. Now, I do know a couple niggas who have been tased and have run through that shit. <laughs> Shouts out to Baruch. Yo, I'm trying to do that to somebody. <laughs> that just sounds fun. I don't want to kill nobody. I just want to tase them. That sounded great. <laughs> it looks like a good time. I, I would have lots of complaints about people. I said one thing and he tased me. Goddamn right. I felt, I felt threatened. So I tased him. Is he dead? Is he still alive? Did he die though? That was the thing. Did he die though? All right then. But that's not what they're thinking about. So, okay, so you got police officers disabling their dash cams and the audio so that they can, they have, there's less hard evidence for them to craft their story around because that's what it comes down to. They need to be able to look at the video and be able to lie about what happened convincingly. So you got that. And then earlier I mentioned that we want to send a big fuck you to Annie Dukan, who appears to be Indian. She's some kind of Middle Eastern brown person. Um who in 2013 so I mean we should have heard this uh, this is three years ago at this point we should have heard about this a long time ago Annie was a state chemist who pled guilty to falsifying drug test drug test results um, that ended up sending thousands of people to prison we're I don't we're assuming that the majority of those people were black and brown people a lot of white people do drugs. Uh, less of them are arrested and prosecuted for it. But we're just going to assume that the majority of these people were black and brown. Um, she's been called on the witness stand to lie about quantities, to lie about the results of drug tests. 
Um, she's forged. She's forged signatures. She has tampered with evidence. Um, you know, one prosecutor told her that they need a a bundle of weed to come in over fifty pounds, and at first it wasn't. But then when it comes to her testimony, oh, it was far more than fifty pounds. Prosecutor gives her a little wink, you know. Now looking at Annie. She doesn't seem uh, life of the party is the wrong. She doesn't seem. I don't understand why she would have the motivation to do this. But then when you read further into the story. You find out that, oh, so, you know, prosecutors was taking her out to lunch and taking her out to dinner. They called her part of the team. They bought her drinks. And if you look at this girl, she doesn't look like the going out for drinks type. She doesn't look like the party animal. She doesn't look like the, uh, a person who has lots of friends at all. So it appears to me that this is a situation where you find someone who was um, somewhat lonely, somewhat wanting to fit in. And um, wanted to be a part of their quote unquote dream team. In one email with a prosecutor, Dukum said she wouldn't be able to give her ex- her quote unquote expert testimony to which the prosecutor replied, no, I need you. And listen, I mean, anybody listening to this podcast that's human knows that it affects you when someone um, convincingly says they need you for something. I need you for this. I need you. I need you to make me feel good. That's Holly Berry and Monsters Ball. So I can totally see some, some, you know, cute prosecutor who possibly gets attention from the guys at work. Annie looking at her, um, somewhat quietly idolizing her, wanting to be like her, wanting to be accepted by her and her friends. We see this all the time. This is just like in high school when the cool girl asked the lame to do her homework for her. The lame does it because she wants to be ingratiated by the cool girl. She wants to be accepted in that circle. That's why when I posted this online, I said, I mean, I know somebody has to take the fall, but I'd like to know who was telling her to do what she was doing and who was truly benefiting from it. I'm sure there is some... Uh, prosecutor, some district attorney who has gotten a promotion on the back of her lies. You can't tell me that 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 hasn't happened. I know she wasn't the mastermind between this because she has no dog in the fight. But she got arrested for that shit. She look at it. She got a, she got a lazy eye that goes all the way off to the side. Not even a lazy eye. One of her eyes is just off. Oof. You know how this went down. It's, it's very obvious. It's very apparent that she wanted to be accepted. She wanted to be a part of the team. She wanted to be down. And somebody convinced her that the way to do it was to lie and negatively affect the lives of thousands. There are people in jail now on, on her um, testimony 
who know good and damn well that they were clean, who know they were innocent, who know they didn't have that much. And I've seen I've seen the police falsify shit to make shit worse than it was. And conveniently, they have set it up that this little weird looking Indian girl is going to take the fall for it. Between between people being coaxed and convinced to falsify and lie and present um, untruth evidence, un, un, untrue evidence between that, between police tampering with their dash cams and turning off the audio and lying about the video and then all of them corroborating each other's stories. You can't tell me that people of color aren't behind an eight ball. You can't, and, and I don't even want to, listen, I, I want to first off specify people of color, but it's white people that I'm sure get looked at, you know, um, unfair and, 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 end up with unfavorable results because of these systems as well. I mean, I have no doubt that if me and a white friend get pulled over and we both have weed, that there are certain cops that will look at him and judge him for being in the car with my black ass. Oh, you with him? Just like they did the Freedom Riders. I mean, I don't know. I don't really want to talk about Freedom Riders because the the taste of the butler is still in my mouth. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I know that was nasty. Uh, hold on. Uh. You are not unhooked. You are not buffering. But, like, okay, so, like, we all know that, like, um, during civil rights, there were white people that rode for niggas hard. You know, they had black best friends. They just inherently felt that the way black people were being treated in the South and otherwise was wrong. And we also know that the white people, you know, the KKK or racist white people, they hated them way more than they hated niggas in some cases. It was like, oh, you, oh, you fucking with the niggas? Oh, hell no. You got to die, boy. You guys to die, boy. They gonna teach them a lesson to teach to, to stick with your own. So I'm to, I totally know, uh, I, I totally understand and and can sympathize and can see white people being affected by these things too. But you you can't tell me that the cards aren't stacked against us. That Butler movie, that Butler movie was not good. Okay, it wasn't good. I'm sorry, mom. She'll be on the show soon. Um, I got some. I got some guests lined up. None held in more esteem than Party Girl Mom, Miss Lathan, Director Love, Miss Deborah, whatever. Everybody in my family has nicknames. I think it started with my father, but Director Love. Um, is her her nickname or her her moniker? Um, but that Butler movie, like she, I came over to the house and she was like, you know, you want to watch the Butler with me? And I was not really. I don't want to watch the Butler by myself. I don't want to watch the Butler. But I watched it with her, and it was 
what I thought it would be. I mean, it wasn't a tra- it wasn't trash, but it it like it tells a very predictable story. Like, yeah, the butler is proud of his job, and of course he's gonna have a son that doesn't approve of it. I didn't know the son had to be a freedom rider, the first one to go to college, and a Black Panther, and end up being a state's attorney and protesting uh, apartheid in South Africa. Like, it was, it tried to do way too much. And it tried to, like, fit every stereotype into the movie. It's still not really, like, like a positive movie. Like, anytime, anytime that there was, like, a feel-good moment, which in those kind of movies are usually um, marked by an up-tempo soul song, that's when you know the bullshit is coming around the corner. As soon as that feel-good song comes on, when they riding on the bus, that's when you know the driver's going to make a wrong turn and they're going to run into the Klan and they're going to set the bus on fire. Or, you know, oh, I'm sorry. I don't want to ruin it for anybody. It just wasn't good. I don't know. Would I rather watch Selma than that? Maybe. Um, But, yeah, like, and, and it's the same issue I have with, like, Martin Luther King Day. Like, Martin Luther King... Yes, did lots of stuff for the civil rights movement, did lots of stuff for um, the way African-Americans are viewed in America. And he is what white people want you to think about in terms of protest, in terms of um, expressing grievances towards the government. They want you to think nonviolently. They want you to think peacefully. They don't want you to think like Malcolm X, which is why the only mention of Malcolm X in that movie was of him being violent and, you know, don't be bringing that Malcolm X mess around here. Don't you be bringing that Malcolm X mess around here. Come on, man. That's why he has a day and Malcolm X doesn't. Because Martin Luther King was all about eventually we shall overcome as long as we keep our heads down and keep marching And Malcolm X was like, they're not going to give us our freedom. We're going to be, we have to be prepared to take it. And, you know, that's why, um, that's why Denzel didn't win an Oscar for Malcolm X. Because he played, you can't tell me there was a better movie that year than X. You can't tell me there was a better actor than Denzel that year in that movie. That movie was phenomenal. Just thinking about that, um, the dolly shot. Where he's walking into um oh shit he's walking into the uh into the the gym for his last speech and that fucking um oh shit who sings that song I was born by the river in a little tent or oh, just like the river I've been running a long time coming it's been a long Long time coming, but I know change gonna come. Oh, yes, it is. Who sings the fucking song? It's been too hard living. I'm going to sing the song until I find out who's singing. Who, uh, who's singing. But I'm afraid to die. Cause I don't, Sam Cooke. Because I don't know what's up there. 
beyond the sky. You can't tell me that's not one of the most heart-wrenching scenes in a movie. I could cry right now. Shit. So I go to my brother and I say, brother, if I could sing one song really, really, really good, that might be it. (laughs) Like if I could pick a song that I can sing well for the rest of my life, that might be it. Mm. That's a good one. I can't think of many other ones, but that would be a good one. If that's I can only sing one song. <laughs> this is like I can only go. This is like Ricky Bobby. I can only go left. I can only sing one song really good. Do you want to know what it is? It's a long time coming by Sam Cooke. Oh shit! Well, sing that shit, my nigga. Yeah. But um. Yeah, that movie was on. That movie was raw. Uh, Butler, not so much. Oprah was okay. But by the end, they look like they used the same makeup that they used for her in the color purple. She was better in the color purple than she was in this. You know, my mom was talking about, oh, she played that part. She did okay. She wasn't as good as Monique and whatchamacallit. You ain't make no cornbread? How you make pig feet and they ain't make no cornbread? Here, you eat it. Oh, she turned up in that shit. Or, uh, you know, Alfre Woodard in... Almost anything. Come on, man. Oprah just wanted to be in it because she, I don't know. Because she wanted to be in the movie because she produced it. And she always got Lenny Kravitz in these movies looking like half gay. Like, he looked half gay in this. Or, you know, kind of like, you know, just sexually innocuous. Um, He was half gay in Hunger Games. He kind of came off half gay and precious. Like, Lenny. Can we? I want Lenny Kravitz in like an action flick, where he's like the we, the weapon specialist. He's in the movie for five minutes, and it's where they're uh, they're breaking down the plans to go and um, and break into the building to get the jackpot. Right? They should make an Ocean's Fourteen with Lenny Kravitz in it. Not gonna happen. Anyway, um, Birth of a Nation. Birth of a Nation. I didn't know Nate Parker, who stars as Nat Turner. I didn't know he wrote the movie, too, my nigga. Big props. Big props, Nate Parker. I fucks with you, G. Um, Birth of a Nation is the movie that is going to depict um, Nat Turner's revolt against, um, loosely. I don't really know what the movie is going to be about, but I'm pretty sure it's about Nat Turner. Um, Nat Turner was... Was he the male equivalent to Harriet Tubman? He didn't bring people across to the north, I don't think, but he definitely led a, like one of the most rate uh, one of the largest slave revolts against sla- uh, against you know slave masters and um, and shit in the south. But they got this ill movie. The tra- what I've seen of the movie. Like, they take it, like, he's got some scenes where he's in Africa, he comes over here, niggas start wilding, they kill some white people. It has all of the things that I've wanted in a slave movie. All the shit, shouts out to Chris Rodriguez, okay, we wrote this in third grade. We wrote this as a play. 
and we had nigga dogs, and we had, like, the teacher gave us time to act it out in class. It was totally crazy, <laughs> but we definitely wrote this play. And um, apparently, it was at um, it was at Sundance and had, like, standing ovation. Niggas was loving it. And there was, like, a huge bidding war between Netflix and Sony and Warner Brothers, uh, uh, movies and apparently Fox Searchlight bought the rights to the movie for 17.5 million dollars. It's one of the most expensive movies ever bought and debuted at Sundance. And that's all well and good. But please don't let this movie disappear and we never see it. Because that's the type of shit that I could definitely see a movie like this wanting, uh, I could definitely see white people wanting a movie like this to be, uh, you know, it had production issues, um, you know, there's just, just like the dash cams can be, can appear to be fully functional. This movie can appear to be, uh, gonna get made and, um, I'm not gonna believe it till I see the trailer and I see it in the theaters. Because it's it's a good chance that they could have wanted to buy this to uh, to hide it, to make sure it never sees the light of day. Because with the current state of affairs in Chicago and Detroit and D.C. and North Carolina and Compton and Ingle, well, not Inglewood, they about to build that fucking stadium. Um, St. Louis. This is the type of movie that will have that will that will wake black people up, that will wake people of color up and um and have us really ready to do some shit. So big props to Nate Parker um for writing and getting the movie made, getting it to Sundance, getting that big payday or whatever, my G, do your thing. I just really, really, really hope it makes it to the theaters. Cause I wanna be this might be one of the few movies I'm there opening day. Or at midnight to premiere for early premiere type shit. Cause uh, I might go like that was stupid. <laughs> I said I might go dressed as a slave. <laughs> yeah, dressed as a slave, killing crackers. No, I'm joking. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Last topic before I get up out of here. I got a little business to do today. Um, another case against Bill Cosby was dropped. I ain't hearing nobody talk about it. Gus. <laughs> I don't know why I called out Gus. Gus is Gus is, Gus wants Bill Cosby to burn. But um the case in Pennsylvania was dropped, and now a case in LA has been dropped, and nobody is covering it. Nobody's talking about it. There are no mentions of it. Why not, guys? Why are we talking about Bill Cosby being exonerated for some of these charges? Look, my I just want to point out the hypocrisy, okay? Everybody was all over it when he was getting drugged through the mud, and now that, you know, he's getting rinsed off a little bit, nobody's fucking with it no more. It's not a hot topic anymore. Do I agree with what he did? No. Just want to put that out there. No. I'll answer the stereotypical question. Yes, I have a sister. I have cousins. I have a goddaughter. I have a mother. If I found out that these things happened to them, I would be pissed 
I would want to kill somebody. Of course. But um, we all have friends that have shitty tactics um, of getting women. I've got friends, you know, me and my boys would go out. And, um, you know, it, let's say it's three of us, you know, 50, 50's there, the Chiefster's there, it's me, Roskio Sparks, and um, just for a fourth, let's say uh, A5 Eddie's there, <laughs> let's say B's there, right? It's four of us, we walking in, and we're all fair, so initially we're all looking for another foursome, you know? A couple of them, you know, two on twos or something like that, you know. And everybody's got that friend that has, you know, shitty tactics on getting attention for themselves, right? So let's say uh, we do see we run into, you know, four girls, right? They automatically pair up, right? You you make contact with one. I'm hollering at you. I'm going to talk to you a little bit, you know. Generally, E kicks it off. 50 will kick it off, you know. Uh, hey, what you? How's it going? Don't let it be an Eritrean girl. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! He can't wait to use the three or four words that he knows in whatever Eritrean language it is, whatever they speak over there. He can't wait to bust those four or five words out. Oh, it's like a countdown. Because you can, when you walk into a place, you can tell um, Eritreans. They all got that. Like, Eritreans are, like, super bad unless they're, like, super bad, right? So, it's like there, there are no okay-looking ones. They're either, like, dimes or they're duds. But, um, you know, he'll, he'll drop a little, you know, a, a skin frecky frecky. It's like, oh, you, you must have dated an Eritrean girl before. Shut the fuck up. Yes, he's dated one. He's dated one and learned three words. And those three words are going to get him into every piece of uh, East African cooch available. East African? I think so, yeah. Um, you know, Chiefster's the quiet one, you know? So he'll, you know, he'll just be sitting there sipping his, uh, sipping his henny on the rocks. <laughs> Slide into it. Now, okay... Okay, I will say I have my tricks too, okay? Like, don't let me find out that one of them goes to an art school or study dance. I am quick to pull out my dance card. Oh, you study? Oh, I study dance too. Yeah, I studied for like seven years, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, I did modern dance, ballet, blah, 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 you know. If you meant as a straight dancer, if you mentioned doing ballet while... Um, slightly cupping your dick or like, you know, if you say it while you like leaning on the wall with like one hand in your denim jacket pocket, it gets the pussy wet. I know this for a fact. Don't double get, don't double guess me. It works 100% of the time. Okay. So that's my card. I'll admit it. I'll admit that's my card. But some people, because everybody's got to take an L, right? Like it's not, it's not often you see five dimes, right? So somebody's got to take some kind of L, right? What ends up happening is what you don't want is somebody hating on you or hating on the other girls, pissing the other girls off because that just throws everything off. Hold on. 
Hello? 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 I gotta stop answering my phone during the podcast. But anyway, everybody's got that that one friend that refuses to take the L. So what do they do? They drop a bomb on the whole thing. Uh, what size shoe you wear? What the fuck? When you hear your friend ask a woman that, everybody looks around at each other like, what the fuck is happening? He's trying to piss her off so that we all go home with hard dicks and full balls. AKA disappointed. You know, if the if the hair flip doesn't work, or you know, if we're not at the beach so they can't see your six pack, you know, they don't have the conversation skills necessarily to hold their own, you know. They they have to rely on sabotage tactics if it doesn't work right away. Now, is that the same as slipping some shit in the bitch's drink? No. But like I said, we all have friends that go about getting women in ways that we wouldn't use. And Bill Cosby may be one of those guys. You know, I'm sorry. Episode 32, The Rojo Show. Thank you for tuning in. Check me out at rojoshow at gmail.com, therojoshow at gmail.com for any comments, any articles you want to send in, anything you want me to talk about, questions, concerns. Um, ShyRojo1 on Instagram, The Rojo Show on Twitter, The Rojo Show on Facebook. Get at your boy boy, okay? Um, this has been episode 32. Thank you for listening. I'm going to get this posted ASAP. And as usual, always remember... If you're not sharing, you're not a fan, okay? We want to get these listens up, people, all right? Um, Shouts out to everybody that listens. Shouts out to uh, my Aunt Vanelle has been killing it. I want to get out there and talk to her because, listen, when it comes to cussing, okay, when it comes to cussing, her and my mom, my mom mom needs a little bit more prompting. Auntie Vanelle is just like conversation, just like, well, what the fuck is, what, what the fuck you thinking, Jared, you know? I mean, what, what the fuck did you think was going to happen? You know, that's the type of shit I don't understand. It's just, it just flows like water, my G, okay? Um, and I think my first baby, she wasn't, she probably wasn't my first babysitter. She was definitely my most fun babysitter. She used to dress me up like crisscross. I think Nikki is listening. Shouts out to Nikki. Um, I remember her room, used to, she used to have like word, all those, uh, all them like hip hop magazines back in the day. That had like immature and like purple overalls in the bed on the cover, like all in the bed next to each other. Weird. But like she had like the pictures like cut out and like posted all over her wall, like on her ceiling and shit. Um, she had like the cross colors jumpsuits and shit like that. Um, shouts out to Nikki for checking it out. Um, the Cambrays, of course. I may, I may have a my first couples podcast. I'm thinking I'm, try, I'm trying to get both of them on there at the same time. I think I want to do it like they do at first sight. So I want to have both of them on there. Then I want to have, uh, and, and this is all in the same episode. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna talk to them both at the same time. Then I'm gonna talk to one. Then I'm gonna talk to the other. Then I'm gonna bring them back. And then when they listen to it separately, they can see all the shit that they talked about each other. Um, Filthy's gonna be on the podcast soon. Shouts out to Phil. Um, 
I try not to like white bash, you know, or like talk about white people as a whole. Like there's shitty bl- white people just like there's shitty black people. Um, and I've got some cool black, white friends. I think Henderson listens to the uh, podcast. Shouts out to Hendo. Um, Tyler Montez is always at the top of the list. I'm trying to get Lamont listening to it. Um, Lisa's be listening to it in the stock room. Shouts out to you, my G. Um, Tim the Tool Man be checking it out, okay? Um, I hope my little cousin Kyle will be listening to it. I just had a conversation with him last night about Max B on Facebook, so we put that on. Got that going. Um, I know AC be checking it out. I know Lenny be checking it out. Um, so like I said, man, like I need everybody, if you're not sharing, you're not a fan, pass this good shit on. Okay. This is medicine. You know, don't keep the medicine to yourself. Everybody need to get well. So, um, this has been a Rojo show episode 32. Um, the Cambrays will be on filthy will be on, um, party girl, mom, AKA direct love, AKA, um, my, uh, my womb, my, 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 my mom, she'll be on. And um, I want to get my Auntie Vanel on here to get some good cussing lessons. I'd like to just have, like, a segment where she just, like, cusses up a storm on some shit. But, um, yeah, man, thank you for everybody that listens, checking it out. And like I said, if you're not sharing, you're not a fan. So, um, peace, love. I'm going to holler at y'all. One. Oh, shit. I'm, uh, I'm still on the internet page. All right, now I'm gone. One.